0: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VCN.
1: Okay, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. A Presidents' Day puck drop at one Eastern. So let's quickly get this in: Ottawa-Boston. It's a huge price. Boston's up to three fifty laying it. Remember, Boston's lost twice this year, Josh. Excuse me, eight times this year. Two of those losses to the Senators. However, this is the first time. Uh, Ottawa is going to be at TD garden. I'll just say this. I like the over six and a half, and I'll let you explain the big price here. Uh, last time out, the senators beat St. Louis seven to two. The Bruins beat the Islanders six to two Ottawa second night of a back to back third game in four nights. I think they're going to score. Uh, I'll go six and a half over just for fun. Nothing in particular you, as far as the price. Now you're a Boston guy laying three fifty in the end is going to bite you.
2: It really is, Patrick, and I will admit, you know, when uh, we just legalized sports betting in Massachusetts a couple weeks ago, Elise and I, a couple friends, we went to the Encore in Boston. I made three wagers, Patrick, a Celtics to win the NBA title, Bruins to win the Cup, and then Jokic to win MVP. A couple other wagers were made later in the night when the drinks Flex. were flowing, Patrick, but that's between Flex me and Apple you. Bomb. But uh, I'm on the Bs. I want to see him make a move at the deadline. Obviously, I'd love Chick Grant or or uh, kind of this other defenseman here from CBJ, but in terms of this number, I just think it's important as new bettors get into the market. It's like, will the Bruins win this game? Most likely, based on the minus 350 price, they are heavily favored to win the game. But this is when it becomes kind of a philosophical decision on your part, or is the better, is the juice worth the squeeze? So to, I'm a flat better, uh, Patrick, here. One unit per play, risking one unit. If I'm going to risk one unit on the Bruins at minus 350, I'm going to get like 0.3, units back. If they lose, I'll use I'll lose a full unit here. So to me, when you see these huge prices and the data backs it up, I just dialed this up during the break. But if you're an NHL favorite of minus 300 or more this year, you're 58 and 21, you're 73% win rate, so you're winning three out of four times. But because the prices are so huge you're actually down 5 units. So you win them all or you win a vast majority, but because you're really not getting much on the back end and you're losing a unit when you lose, it's just not worth it. So could you go puck line here? You're going to get a better number. You could go with the total as well. The other thing Patrick is like these really good teams I've noticed like doing morning bets now that, you know, if you want to bet these good teams early, bet them like, you know, t- last night or early morning because the Bruins were I think -290. Which sounds it's still a high number, but better than minus 340 now. So again, just don't go immediately to these big favorites. You have to win at such a high rate that it isn't really worth it. And I know you and I are both looking at some favorites here today at a much
1: lower price. Thank you for explaining that, Josh, because I think it's important, specifically for new betters, when you see a price like minus 350 on Boston, who's the best team in hockey, of course you assume they're going to win, uh, you know, the implied probability, probably somewhere right around 75%, somewhere in there. <laughs> but again, you're, it'll catch up to you. You keep on laying those type of prices. It's going to catch up to you. And we were having the discussion. I've had this discussion with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw and others at the network. Cause I'm fascinated by this. My whole entire life, my betting mentor always told me never to lay the puck and never delay the run line in baseball. So don't lay the run in a half. Don't lay the puck in a half. Again, that's kind of like a hedging conversation in sports betting. It becomes philosophical, right? And that's really what it comes down to. So I'll lay off a game, not lay the big price. I'm not going to lay the puck in a half. I will come back the other way and go plus plus. I'll take puck and a half, at plus money. But again, it's philosophical for everybody, how they approach that.
2: I think it's a great point, Patrick, because too, you got to remember if you're going puck line here, what if the Bruins are tied? They go to overtime. Bruins win in overtime. Bruins win in a shootout. You're going to lose your puck line bet there. Now, based on the the juice, obviously it's much better. You could go minus 350 money line Bruins or win by two or more minus one and a half puck line at minus 150. So obviously you're getting a better number there as well. So to me, these games here are kind of the layoff games unless you can get it early at a better number. But also, Patrick. Look at a live line opportunity here. That's obviously a huge part of, of the modern day sports betting where you don't have to get in pre-flop. You could wait. Let's say the Bruins get down 1-0. Boom, they give up a goal real quick to somebody uh, on, on the uh, on the um, Ottawa Senators here today. Down 1-0, that minus 350 on the live line might be down to, I don't know, minus 200. It's going to be a much lower number here. So these are the ways you got to attack it. But I think as a better, if it looks too good to be true, looks obvious, that's when you get a little bit nervous as a better. So just make sure that whatever you're doing, you know, you've had a kind of a data-driven reason to bet it, not just, hey, hammer the Bruins because they're great today. I agree, but again, based on the price, it's not really worth it.
1: I come to Josh for hockey plays. I mentioned at the onset, I'm a network better, and Josh, you gave me a winner with the Rangers the other night. By the way, a professional handicapper that I brought over to the network, Mike Somich, has just sent me four plays. We're going to send those to Elliot, and those will be up for VEASAN pros at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Here's what I'll do, though. I'll give you two of his plays because we're in a good mood on a President's Day. Mike Somich, of <laughs> course, one of the best horse racing handicappers on the planet and is killing it across the board in all sports. Here's what he did. He's going Jets Rangers first, first period under a goal and a half. That's a lead into a play for you on your Rangers.
2: Yeah, so I'll root for Mike's uh, uh, under their play for sure. And I'll go Rangers just money line here, Patrick. We were talking about, you know, systems and way to approach different sports. And I gave you earlier, like, my overall philosophy, contrarian, sharp action, uh, looking to beat the closing line, of course. But each sport's a little bit different. So when I go to hockey... Percentages don't really mean that much to me. They're real. They're totally 100% legitimate. But because hockey is a lower bet sport, you can't treat it like an NFL game. Like if an NHL team is getting 70% of bets, that doesn't really worry me because they're coming from a much larger share of public bettors. If an NFL team is getting 70%, boom, automatically I want to be against them. So I don't really look at percentages too much. I look at two things line movement and betting system. So a couple of reasons why I like the Rangers here. Number one would be the line movement, they open around minus 160, minus 165. They're up to around minus 165, minus 170. So, boom, we have the line going to the Rangers here. Also have a bunch of systems. That's the other thing that I love, especially in hockey. You know this, Patrick. It's such a physical, grueling sport that if you have a rest advantage over your opponent, it can be a big benefit. So, the angle here for the Rangers would not just be the line movement, but the fact that Winnipeg played yesterday. I think they lost to uh, the Devils. It's not really a bad travel spot, Jersey, to Madison Square Garden. But as a really taxing sport, to turn around the next night and now play a really good Rangers team who was off yesterday and is waiting for you to come to their building. I really like that angle when you're a favorite versus a team on the second leg of a back-to-back you're around 68, 69% out of the last three or four years good here. One. So there's other supplementary things to look at Patrick, but to me that's a very basic one where you're combining the past, you know, kind of tired teams versus rested teams. And you're looking at the current day line moving to the Rangers. So I'm going Rangers here around
1: minus 170. Let's go blue shirts. And by the way, underrated fan base. I lived in New York City for what close to 9 years and Rangers fans are tremendous hockey fans. <laughs> now again, hockey's a niche sport obviously, so you're going to have your pockets of fervent fans, but I will tell you the Ranger fans were tremendous. So, if you're just joining us two plays on that game, Jets Rangers there Madison Square. Mike Samich, professional handicapper, he's going first period under a goal and a half and Josh has taken the Rangers on the money line, what's the best price we can find right now on that money line? So good point, Patrick. Shop around. Uh, I got a minus 170. There are
2: some books that are as high as like minus 175. But this is kind of the important thing. Like I think a lot of new betters are like, "Hey, I just have one account at one book. Let me just go place my bet there. I already took the time to make the account. Yada yada yada. It's it's kind of inconvenient to go open up more accounts. But take advantage. Have multiple outs. If you're in a legal state, uh, look around. Shop around because you know we know with like spread sports, Patrick. If a team loses by three and you get the hook, you cash your bet. You got a three, you push. So I think a lot of times we're just, you know, kind of focusing on the spread or like a total getting an extra point. But it's huge for the money lines too. Like if I can get a minus 170 instead of laying a minus 175, Rangers win the game. Hopefully, it's not, it's like, who cares? No big deal. Five cents. But if you're betting every day over the course of a year and then multiple years, that five cents is 10 cents, then a dollar. And it can really at the end of the year be a difference between several units, one or lost. So shop around. Minus 170, but always, you know, just look. If you like a bet, don't just go bet it at your book. Shop around to the best book,
1: give me the best number. Okay, short betting card. So let's stick with the NHL, and you can tell me this game's steamy right now with the Penguins. Okay, so the New York Islanders have won one of their last five. That win was Friday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, this is Eastern Conference playoff positioning with. The Islanders and Penguins, both teams tied at 63 points. Both currently sit in the wild card. Here's what I'll say about this. A revenge spot. On Friday, the Penguins were up 4-2 to on the Islanders. Three unanswered. Islanders come back and win. Uh, Pittsburgh's been very good. 15-7-4 overall at home this year. A revenge spot for the Penguins. And a price right now I can find at circa... Laying a dollar forty-one, so I like that. I'm laying it with the Penguins. And from a systems perspective, it's a little steamy right now, Josh.
2: You're exactly right. Let's get that graphic. Where's that locomotive, that engine going down the train tracks? A little steam here. <laughs> that got uh, shut <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's, that got canceled, Patrick. That's okay, but <laughs> cancel uh, culture. Uh... <laughs> but I'm with you this one jumped out to me too you mentioned that you're on the pens and I look at the board and boom oh. pens are, are getting uh, moved here across the market. So you mentioned it Patrick the other thing I look at is aside from line movement and again I think the penguins were minus 135 ish now up to minus 145 I see some minus150s there so uh, good good angle here where hopefully we'll even beat the closing line despite it moving. The other thing I look at is like home very basic things home road and favorite dog. If you look at the Islanders as a dog, they're only 11 and 20 when they're expected to lose. They typically do on the road. They're 11, 14, and four. So losing on the road. Meanwhile, the penguins, they're 23 and 15. As a favorite, they're 15, seven and four at home. So we have one team that doesn't do well as a dog doesn't do well on the road. We have a Penn's team who's good at home and great as a favorite. Plus the lines moving toward the penguins. We're talking about philosophy today, Patrick. That's the name of kind of the, or kind of the theme of the show. To me, what I'm trying to do when I'm betting sports is check off as many boxes as I possibly can. If I can check off the line movement, betting system matches, home road splits, you know, power play versus penalty kill, now we've checked off multiple boxes. We've built a pretty good case here. To me, when you're, you're deciding, hey, should I fire on this play or not? If you can start doing multiple boxes checking off, that'll give you confidence to then fire and make that bet.
1: But I also like what you said there. A President's Day challenge for our producer, Young Elliot, McHale, <laughs> and the crew back at Circus Sports. Before the show's over, and by my math, that's about 49 minutes from now, we need steam. Okay? We're bringing it back. We're having fun today. So I want to see steam floating across the picture over at VEASAN.com, YouTube TV, or wherever you are watching the Lombardi line. We need to get the steam back, Josh Applebaum. Why not? We do. I think there was
2: a button on the board, but then it was covered in glass. Shatter
1: that glass. Let's get the steam on the, on the board. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's go, Applebaum. We come back, I gotta play in Serie A, also targeting a total at Cameron Indoor, and then our buddy Femi to talk a little NFL. We continue, Lombardi Line, it's Steamy in here today, Josh Applebaum. It's V the Sports Betting Network. Listening to the Lombardi
0: Line on VCN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick
1: Maher. Okay, Lombardi Line, as we welcome you back, we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher in Michael Lombardi's stead today. Is Josh Applebaum a good time to remind you? Josh does two podcasts a day to help you become a better better. Of course, in the morning, you get up early to do that. Josh, congratulations, I'm proud of you. (laughs) Mark morning bets Monday through Friday. Every single day at 7 a.m. Eastern time around 7 a.m. Eastern time. And then Market Insights is the pod Monday through Friday, noon Eastern time. Remember, if you go to VEASAN.com right now, we're also going to be launch- launching a new hockey podcast with Danny Burke and Annie McNeil. We've got the college basketball podcast with your boy, Tim Murray. You know, the big tall, sharp guy. He's going to be oh, doing yeah. a college basketball podcast and already doing it with humans and other guests. So, We've got the best information. You just got to go get it over at vcin.com. And as I mentioned, our buddy Mike Somich, professional handicapper, he gave me three plays as far as uh, college hoops today. I'm going to give you another one. You're going to like this, Josh. He's on TCU Moneyline. There we go. That's what I like to hear, Patrick. I'm right there with him. That (laughs) backs up your play. You're on TCU tonight. What's the number? They're hosting Kansas. Remember, they beat Kansas. And Bill Self's loss like 15 times in his career at Allen Fieldhouse. TCU went in and trounced them earlier this year. They got their point guard back. TCU, I called them a sleeper earlier as far as a national champion. I mean, they're 22nd ranked, so they're not necessarily a sleeper. Uh, but they're a very good basketball team. The problem with TCU is they can't shoot. They're like 350 in the country. They shoot 29% from three. Other than that, everything's gravy. And what's the number they're TCU hosting Kansas tonight? Yeah, Patrick, we're
2: mostly minus one and a half TCU right now. So I think, you know, kind of here's the thing. When you look at the current number, you got to ask yourself and you got to know for sure. Where was the opening number? Was it two down to one and a half? Was it one up to one and a half? I think that's really important here just to kind of know the evolution of the line and which direction it's going. So I love the fact that uh, Mr. Samich is on TCU. It sounded like TG might have been leaning TCU a little bit here, but I don't want to speak for TG. But for me, this is a play on TCU for a couple of reasons. Number one, just kind of a fishy number here. If you have TCU, uh, who, again, had lost, uh, I think, what do you you say, Patrick, four or five straight? They struggled a bit there. Their number one player was out. Well, your number one player is is now back. You score 100 points. It's very rare any team scores 100 in college anymore. But not just your best player coming back, but I know we have some updated rankings here. But going into it, you had TCU ranked number 22, Kansas number five. So why is number 22 tonight favored over number five? Of course, we got to give an adjustment to home court, and there's different factors at play. But just from a standpoint of the public sees a number five team getting points tonight, and this is an automatic take Kansas. Great team, number five. You're this is the ultimate. You go on Twitter, Patrick. Hashtag gambling Twitter. The wrong team is favored. But, of course, that isn't the case. The odds makers are not, you know, there's again, to me, there's no such thing as a trap line. It's just your perception right. of a game where you kind of get trapped into what what you feel is right or what you feel is wrong. But look at our what our board is right now. You have the worst ranked team favored. They're even juiced up at some shops. We did get to two. Some books did get back down to one and a half. Uh, and so, kind of, it's a right around the. And this is why I don't even screw around with the spreads, Patrick. Give me the money line play here. We can find around minus 125, minus 130. But also uh, looking at Big 12 home favorites. We talked about, you know, the best conference here in the Big 12 could benefit these teams in March Madness. But if you're a Big 12 home favorite in conference play, these teams are 43 and 14. Uh, they are 75% straight up, 11% ROI. So it's really tough to go on the road and win. I just had somebody uh, t- uh, uh, DM me and said, sorry, I know they're trendy, but Kansas all day tonight. I'm like, All right, we'll see what happens. But this is a play I got to make on TCU, Patrick. Public's all
1: over Kansas. Yeah, Lions going to TCU. Really checking off quite a few boxes. I love that your buddy's on it as well. And remember, Kansas, while they beat Baylor on Saturday, 87-71, that was a 34-point swing. They were down 17 at home in the first half to Baylor. So a tremendous (laughs) comeback. And frankly, they were clean. I think they only had four turnovers in the game. Kansas a very good, very deep basketball team. But one distinction I want to point out that you made, Josh, and I'm glad you did. So TCU's laying a point and a half tonight. You're gonna to lay the money line, and Samich specifically said money line. You said money line as well. You're gonna lay one ten with the one and a, with the one and a half. You're gonna lay a and completely mitigate that risk. So again, new betters, all TCU has to win has to do is win, and you're laying what twenty five cents extra. To me, that's always the value play. And I agree, Patrick, and as bettors, you always want to lay the lowest juice
2: possible. So would I rather cash a bet on a minus 110 on a spread versus a minus 130 on a money line? Of course I would. But I think when you watch enough of these games, and right off the bat, th- just based on the number, oddsmakers are telling us this is going to be a tight game, Patrick. This is going to be a sweat either way, no matter who you like, probably expecting a tight game. So just from the standpoint of expecting a tight game, And if you bet on sports long enough, and again, this has happened too many times to me before I, like I used to always go spread, just say, Hey, I don't want to pay more on the money line. Just give me the, give me the minus minus one ten standard juice. But there's so many times where if you bet sports long enough, especially college, which is really volatile, you have buzzer beaters, you have backdoor covers, you have mean, you know, kit scrubs comes off the bench, Patrick's it's his moment to shine. He shoots a three that's meaningless. That'll kind of screw up the spread. I would just hate to, you know, lay a one and a half have TCU win by one point, And I lose my bet because I laid the one and a half when they only won by one. So you don't want to go crazy with it. You don't want to be laying like if a team's like minus seven, you don't want to be laying, you know, a minus 200, minus 250, minus 300 money line. But if it's 10, 15 more cents and you protect yourself knowing, hey, I just have to win the game instead of worrying about a backdoor cover or something crazy happening to me, the juice is worth the squeeze. So I all if you're like three or less to me, I always go money
1: line in these spots versus going spread. Okay, Josh, I mentioned I'm targeting a total tonight. Cameron Indoor. the ACC is a disaster this year. No team worse than Louisville. However, you saw what happened with Louisville on Saturday, right? They're 10.5-point dogs, and they beat Clemson. By far their biggest win of the year. So Louisville off a big win. Duke as well. Duke was a one-point favorite at Syracuse and beat them 77-55. Duke is very much dancing on the bubble. At 4-23, and I can assure you, Louisville is not anywhere near the bubble. <laughs> By the way, I think we have breaking news. Elliot, if we do, let's go ahead and hit it because it looks like the Cardinal right now, they're a little steamy Josh. Applebaum. That number open 20 Duke laying it down to 17 and a half at some shops. The steam is coming. Don't you fret. <laughs> However, I'm targeting a total here and you could tell me where you're at with the system. 137 and a half. First off uh, the Cardinals defense. They're 326 nationally. They're giving up 75 and a half points a game. Uh, Duke just dropped 77 on Syracuse. Also Louisville. They've scored 65 plus points in five of their last eight and four of their last five games have gone over the posted total. And in that mix, the only game that stayed under was against Virginia. And what does Virginia do? Wakes up, takes a shower, and cashes unders. So I like the idea that Louisville's actually putting up buckets now. Duke is going to score against that porous Louisville defense. Let's go over the 137.5, Josh. So it's your point
2: on the spread first, Patrick, you're totally right. These are the games that I don't like to bet the spread just because it's such a high number
1: here. And there we go. We even found the oh, graphic. Look I at love, the steam love to
2: see it. Dust it we off. You let you love, love it. I right have
1: a little fun. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Oh, yeah. Steamy hey, Louisville, exactly. steamy, because as I mentioned, Josh, look, I'm not laying 18 and a half tonight, but it did open 20. And really that's a reaction to them overcoming the 10 and a half point spread at home and beating Clemson, 83, 73.
2: Exactly. And again, we got to respect the market. I think when you're a market driven better, you operate on the premise that there are people way sharper than me who have the respect of the books who are moving numbers. So therefore I want to be with that smart money and not against it. Anything can happen in a one-off, but if you consistently place yourself on the sharp side long-term, again, you're trying to win. You're trying to overcome 52.38% to overcome standard minus minus one ten juice. If you can get 53, 54, 55. You're actually a very successful better here. So, to your point, Patrick, we have seen movement toward Louisville. They open plus 20, they're down to plus 18, 17 and a half. I didn't check the Ken Palm projection. I don't know what he has what he has on this game. To me, it's only I like if you're making me bet it, I'll go with the line move here with Louisville because it's kind of a bad team that has a line in their in their favor. Um, but in terms of these big numbers. Uh, to me, it's just it's kind of a crapshoot. Like one bucket missed or made could make or break a spread. That that's high. You do have to respect the move here toward Louisville, especially if you get an 18 and a half, because this thing is dropping across the market now. Patrick, I'm a little torn on the total. I think you made a really great point with the over. My only concern, though, is I did see some books that were like 138 down to 137 and a half. And in terms of looking at like system matches one thing I am always wary of is like a big spread. So if you will get kind of like correlative betting, which is comparing uh, the side to the total and are there kind of ways where like a, uh, typically an under will go with the dog or a favorite with the, uh, with the over different kind of ways you can kind of line them up. My only concern is that I do have a system when you're favored by 15 or more and you see the total drop, sometimes what happens there it can go one of two ways. You could have just a ton of points and no defense or you know Duke could be up by 25, and they take their foot off the gas, and they're just dribbling the ball, trying do to get out. You think I'm there, afraid so... of you? Uh,
1: do do you? Are you are you rambling right now because you think I'm afraid of you? Let me explain something to you, <laughs> Applebaum. I have no problem with being on the other side of the total here, opposite sides of the total. I, this is President's Day. I'm like oh, Teddy yeah. Roosevelt, the Rough Riders. I'm in Cuba, charging that hill, <laughs> and you're with your little pea shooter over there. Oh yeah, like yeah. I'm not concerned about the fact that you're on the under tonight. I'll go over 137 and a half, and you and I will settle the duel tomorrow. Fair? I like this. And who was it? Uh, was it Burr and
2: Hamilton, Patrick? What was it back in the day? Where you know where they? Uh, I think was someone. Did they kill the guy in that
1: in that duel? Aaron or what, what Burr there? murdered yeah. Hamilton in a duel. Yes, that's that right. Very much did happen. <laughs> Both both dudes were shady as all get out and by the way when we're talking about a murder dur- during a duel we should put up the steam right because there was mad exactly. steam coming off burr's gun <laughs> oh, Next, man. there it is there's the steam <laughs> again it's 137 and a half i'm gonna go over there louisville duke josh is under i guarantee this one of us is gonna win next murder. femi joins we're talking nfl news including daniel jones wants how much money <laughs>
0: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
1: Come on, Femi, you're a host. Help me out, introductory offer, $9.99 right now. So become a V-CEN pro. All kidding aside, remember, Thomas Gable sent over his plays. Those are for pros. All the plays from Josh Applebaum today, those are for pros. Mike Somich, professional handicapper, those are in the mix. So every play, we'll do the handicapping for you. Plus, we were talking about the betting splits earlier. That's part of the Pro Tools package, Pro Tips, every single day. Again, Len Mead has lost his freaking mind because we're giving it all away for $9.99 right now. visoncom slash subscribe. As we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line, a big smile on Josh Applebaum's face as he sits in for Michael Lombardi and a guy that's always smiling, our guy Femi you know, I still don't even try the last name. It's not a disrespectful <laughs> thing. It's it, it's more a fe. I know how to say it. It's just go.
4: now it's just one word. That's how we do, <laughs> Femi. What's up? Uh, I'm glad I'm being put into the uh, one name category like Pele and LeBron and Serena. Tiger. You deserve it. And it's, it's Femi. That's that's uh, that's all I need. But uh, good to see you guys. Uh, you guys have been happy on the show all throughout today. President's Day. Everyone's in a good mood here as we uh, celebrate the holiday. But what's been happening? It's been a while well, since no, I've talked well, to you. Well, hold on. Hold on now
1: because there's a couple things I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. One, I know you bought a couple of future tickets in college hoops. So I'm going to ask you to let us know who mm-hmm. two, I want to ask you about Russell Westbrook and the desperation move by the Clippers three highest ticket count for a quarterback over at BetMGM MGM to go one is will Levis, which is a freaking joke fellas. <laughs> but before we get to, Levis was a disaster this past season, anybody watching Kentucky football before we get to that favorite president
4: and why Let's go, fam. Ooh, favorite president. You're trying to throw me out there to the wolves, man. I don't want to get political. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. I forgot. You can't do political stuff anymore. Yeah. I didn't mean that. A fa- how about this? Yeah. How about
1: this? A favorite presidential nugget. And like, because I Ooh. forgot. We'll get canceled if we say anything yes. about presidents. Yeah,
4: I'm like, I'm not falling for your traps here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. don't.
1: You know what? Move on. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, let's just not go there at all. When... When the rankings, the AP polls were released today, Houston jumped to the top. Now, again, they play in the American and Mm -hmm. really it's the big 12 and everybody else in college basketball this year. I mean, it's so far and away the best league. It's not even close. Yep. Uh, Are you as far as perching a futures ticket? Are you outside of I'll give you three. I'll just give you two Houston and
4: Alabama. Are you outside of those two? Oh yeah, I'm outside of those. I think those odds are way too short right now, especially when we don't even know what the bracket looks like, which, oh, by the way, that's less than three weeks now. We're crazy where the time has gone with Selection Sunday coming up here. But I don't think you can get in on one of these favorites because, I mean, think about the discussion about college basketball all season long. It's that we don't have a dominant team at times. Houston has looked great at times. Alabama has looked great. You could even throw Purdue and Kansas into that mix as well. But the fact that we don't have one of those elite juggernaut type of teams would lead me to go a little bit further down the board, especially when we don't really know the path that is going to be required to cut down the nets there. And one of the teams, and I don't know if it's because uh, I've been doing visa live bet tonight with my buddy, Wes Reynolds, and maybe his Hoosier hysteria has started to rub off on me, but uh, I bought in on Indiana a couple weeks ago and we were talking about it on the show, uh, Wes Reynolds and I, that here at circa, they were hanging 50 to one for the longest time. Now I haven't, looked back and seen what it is right now, but I went ahead and got some 55 to one on Indiana to win the title, because I think that they are going to be a team that continues to kind of ascend as we head towards March. And also trace Jackson Davis, one of the best players in the country, they should be getting Xavier Johnson back one of their better defensive guards. So that defense can get even better. Now the tournament experience isn't quite there from a head coaching standpoint, Mike Woodson coming over from the NBA and obviously he played at Indiana. So he has some sort of experience, but as a coach in the tournament, Last year, they go one and done. They lose to St. Mary's. So that's a little bit of a, of a kind of a hurdle to have to clear here. But the fact that their price is still pretty long, I mean, 25 to 1, if you were looking at a team to buy in on, I think it would be the Hoosiers right now just because I think they have room to get better and also they have one of the best players in the country.
2: Femi, you, you raised some great points here and hopefully you and I'll uh, maybe be able to sweat some games. Remember about a year ago, you and I were yes, sir. At, at the South Point. I remember you had UNC plus the points and you cashed a big one there, my man. So I uh, can't wait for March Madness right around the corner. But Femi, let's change gears a little bit and, and look at the NFL landscape because mm-hmm. you've been doing a great job with Michael Lombardi on the GM uh, podcast here and just, you know, covering it uh, just in general from a betting angle. But Two questions. Number one, how do you approach these futures that are so far away? Like we have odds on you know, MVP. Mahomes is plus 650. Uh, the Chiefs at plus 600. They're mm-hmm. chalky, but that's a pretty good number. That could be 300 by the time we get to next January. So just your angle on uh, how do you approach these uh, these futures with so much uncertainty? We still got to do the draft free agency. Is there anything worth betting right now? Uh, and then, again, do any of these bets uh, intrigue you here, you know, futures or
4: draft or just anything NFL-related? You know, I think that's a really interesting question about how to approach it because, like you said, there's so much that can happen between now and the first week of September. So I think the way I type, try to go about it is that all right, the AFC and the NFC, there's two different strengths when you look at those conferences, the AFC being the much better conference, the NFC being the weaker conference because we have a lot of uncertainty with the quarterbacks and with the head coaches. So I kind of, by process of elimination – take the AFC teams and I t- put them all off to the side. Cause I don't want anything to do right now, as we sit here on February 20th, I don't want anything to do with the AFC teams, because if you're betting on a team, that's not Kansas city to win the AFC or to win the super bowl, you're going to probably have to beat Patrick Mahomes, which uh, we've seen that's pretty damn hard to do <laughs> over the past five years. So nothing AFC related for me as of right now. So you take a look at the NFC where the best quarterback in the conference is probably Jalen hurts after what we just saw this past season and outside of Philadelphia, Nobody really seems like they're solidified in terms of head coach, quarterback, and the rest of the roster. The Niners are awesome, but we don't know who the starter is gonna be week one. I mean, Purdy's gonna have the elbow surgery. If all goes well, I'd imagine he's the favorite to be the starter, but who knows? Is it gonna be Trey Lance? Is it gonna be Purdy? They said they don't want to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back, but they also said that last year and then Jimmy G was starting this past season. So I think there's too much uncertainty at the quarterback spot for the Niners. So I would kind of look further down the board. The team that I've kind of zeroed in on, and I haven't placed a bet on them just yet because we are in February and this wouldn't cash for another year but if I start to get whispers that if the Seattle Seahawks are going to be aggressive in free agency that's a team that I think their price could really shorten between now and the time that we actually get to July, August, and September. Because if you look at the Seahawks, they were a young roster just a year ago. They knocked out the draft in 2022. John Schneider in that front office did a heck of a job. They get five starters from that rookie class alone, two offensive tackles, two corners, a stud running back in Kenneth Walker the third there. And Geno Smith, who, yeah, he's not the guy that you want to really go to war with in the playoffs, but think about this time last year. How many people would have gone to war with Jalen Hurts? in the playoffs after he put up a stinker against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that wildcard game. so The fact that Seattle got that experience and also they have the salary cap space, they have the high draft capital from Denver thanks in part to that Russell Wilson trade. They have a path to get this team much better than it was a year ago, a team that already made the playoffs as a seven seed. So Seattle, I think, would be a team. And I know I'm from that area. I'm not going Homer because I don't even root for the Seahawks, but I do think the coaching staff, the assets that they have, and the draft capital to get better is there and maybe they have a weaker favorite in the Niners, given the quarterback uncertainty uh, for San Francisco. So Seattle will be a team that I would kind of circle as a team that could potentially uh, surprise next season.
1: Femi Abebefe here on the Lombardi line. Remember, you can catch Femi and Michael every Monday and Thursday on the GM shuffle. Femi kills it hosting that. And by the way, just quickly back on your Indiana future play for the tournament, Mm -hmm. Xavier Johnson's coming back. Yes, sir. That's a 23-year-old point guard. When they get him back, that's going to be a very dangerous team. Okay, let's flip back to the NFL. Good question there by Josh. How about this? I want to ask you both a hypothetical. What would you do with Daniel Jones? So I'm sure you saw this today, Mm -hmm. the news. Daniel Jones wants more than New York has offered possibly as much as 45 million per a source tells many sources. He (laughs) recently switched his agency. So he's trying to get as much out of the giants as possible. Femi, we'll start with you. He wants close to 45 million per. He was good, not great. Mm. in that day ball offense. What would you
4: do with Jones? If he's asking for $45 million, I'd say, we'll see you later, buddy. Uh, i I just can't get there with daniel jones and it's something that later it's something that we talked about on the gm shuffle with michael lombardi is that daniel jones you have to kind of realize that you're a part of why we had some success you're not the reason why we had the success and i think that you can plug in not any old quarterback because i don't want to be disrespectful to daniel jones but i mean let's think about it what is he a top 20 quarterback at best I think that you can replicate the production that we have up on the screen there. I mean, 200 passing yards per game, 15 passing touchdowns. Like I'm not paying $45 million for that pedestrian sort of output. So I I, I would never go to 45 million. Heck, I'm not even sure if I'd go to 35 million. With what, Daniel what, Jones. what
1: did Daniel Jones do to <laughs> Femi? My goodness, uh, Josh, as a guy that cheers for the Patriots, you have questions at quarterback as well. Mac Jones, will put him aside. What would you do about Daniel Jones? So I'd probably franchise tag him, guys. I don't want to commit like you know
2: 300 million to him, but if you can get get him on a franchise deal for one year, I don't know the current cap. It's 32, 30 something million. You're gonna save a little bit there. You can also kind of keep his feet to the fire and make him play well for to play for his next contract. But taking a step back, I would do whatever whatever Brian Dayball thinks. Like if Dayball hmm. thinks that this guy is legit and he can work with him and he'll only get better. Uh, then I would lean on that. But also if you're going to franchise him, you know, you look at the uh, quarterback room, Tyrod Taylor, I think is your your backup. So, you know, maybe in the draft, second round, third round, some of these, one of these guys slips, you kind of have a a developmental guy behind him. But again, I I think it worked with with Jones and Dayball. And I don't want to break that up, but I just don't want to do it at such a high cap number. I'd probably franchise Jones.
1: I don't think it's a secret, but Femi Abebefe is obsessed with Anthony Richardson. When we come back, <laughs> let's talk about that number one overall pick market. Mm-hmm. A little surprising, Will Levis over at BetMGM has the highest ticket percentage. Who's going to go one and who should go one? We'll get into that next here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's V-SIN, v the sports Betting Network. And by the way, I got to play in Serie A, a little Italian soccer on the way out.
0: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher
1: okay bet MGM's the king of sportsbooks, the best loyalty program in the game bar none visit betmgm.com download the newly reconfigured app so I'll make it simple every time you place a bet at BetMGM, MGM you accrue points when you accrue those points you can use them for free bets airfare dining shows the best deal I told you, it's the best loyalty program in the game. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Josh Applebaum sitting in for Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi Line here on Vison, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, thrilled to be joined by one of the nicest guys around, Femi Abebefe, of course, Vison host and host of the GM Shuffle podcast with Michael Lombardi, which you can find wherever you download your podcast. But again, I encourage you just go to VEASAN.com. We've got the brand new college basketball betting podcast. We've got a hockey podcast on the way. You've got two podcasts from Josh Applebaum daily. So all of it's there. Just go to VEASAN.com. Let's talk about some of the line movement in the draft market, fellas. This is fascinating. And we were kind of digging into it guys about what the Chicago bears will do at one. They have so many holes. There are some rumors that they could be moving Justin Fields. So Let's take a look. So right now, to go number one overall, Bryce Young. But the disparity from book to book, Josh, is very interesting. Over at BetMGM, Bryce Young's minus 120. Over at DraftKings, he's getting steamed up to like 170. So that's that's a big 50-cent difference mm. between the two books. That's why we always talk about having multiple outs and shopping for the best number. I'll go BetMGM, Josh, and let you run with this. CJ Stroud to go number one overall is plus 275. And then you go Jalen Carter six to one, Will Anderson six to one, Will Levis seven and a half to one, Josh.
2: Yeah, so this is really fascinating. I think just to your point, Patrick, of again different books having different numbers. You can also look into what kind of book is it? What kind of clientele do they cater toward? Is it more of a recreational book taking in you know, a lot of public betters? Is it more of a sharper book with higher limits? What's notable to me is you know I was doing a show uh, last week with Ben Wilson, and we were looking at the number one odds, and this is now coming from uh, DraftKings here. Bryce Young to go first overall was minus 130. Now, DraftKings right now, he's minus 160. So that uh, tells me that, at least at the book at DraftKings, they've been taking some respected money on Bryce Young to go one overall. Uh, the other interesting one is if he doesn't go one overall, and this is why it complicates it a little bit, it's not like the Jaguars have the number one pick and they're definitely going to take Trevor Lawrence. This complicates it because what are they going to do with Justin Fields? Now, if I'm the GM, I'm sticking with Justin Fields. I think he's shown you quite a bit. You've invested so much in him. Do you really want to pull the Band-Aid off and start all over again? I think you stick with Fields. I would try to trade down. Can you get down to three or four, accumulate some more picks, and still take Carter, maybe the guy that you want? But just to the point of protecting yourself with Bryce Young, if he doesn't go one, and Femi, I love your take on who will go one, Mm -hmm. and they go with Carter – you could also go uh, Bryce Young to be the first quarterback selected, so he doesn't have to be one overall. He just have to be has Good to be job, the first Josh. QB off the board. Yep. And Patrick, that move too. He was minus 175 to be first QB off the board at DraftKings. Now he's minus 210. So definitely the market, at least at DraftKings, is moving toward Bryce Young. Femi, what's your take on that? What do you think that the bears will
4: do and give us some inside info? What did Michael Lombardi tell you what's going to happen here? <laughs> well, Lombardi doesn't have any inside info yet. I've been prying. Believe me, Careful, Josh, I've, I've been, I've been, Careful, I've been, I've, I've been prying. I've been prying. Maybe i am about to talk to him a little bit later on when we do the podcast. We're going to tape another episode here. Maybe he'll have some updated info for me uh, now that we're a week removed from the season ending, but. I think what I think the Chicago bears will do is I think they're going to trade that pick. I mean, unless they want to draft a quarterback that they fall in love with young Stroud Levis or Richardson or one of these guys, I think that it would behoove them to trade that pick because they have a lot of holes on what was a bad roster a year ago. Now, as it pertains to betting this number one overall pick market, I think right now, before we start to hear kind of solidified info right now, I'd be kind of looking to take shots at Bryce young and fade him. In this market, just because he's minus 120 at Bet MGM. Josh, you mentioned minus 170 over at DraftKings, but this is a tweet that I saw from back in October. So I have two bets on this number one overall pick, Mark, and none of them are on Bryce Young. But back in October, October 14th to be exact, Matt Miller, who does work at ESPN, a draft analyst, tweeted this out. He said, The talk that a quarterback other than Young or Stroud could go first is loud. And it's been persistent since the summer. Scouts love the athletic makeup of Will Levis, but his work ethic and character get rave reviews from coaches and scouts. And I kind of thought about that and I was like, okay. Obviously, I've watched Kentucky play. I don't think Will Levis is that good of a quarterback, to be quite honest. But my opinion is irrelevant in this conversation. It matters what the teams decide and what they like. And it kind of got the gears turning there. And I, and I went ahead and bet some Levis at 16-1 to just to get a position started for this number one overall pick. Now that that's plus 750, I think that's probably the proper rating for where Will Levis could potentially go, uh, or at least his chances to go number one overall. But the thing and the reason why I would kind of be looking to fade young right now is that he is a physical outlier in the NFL for a quarterback, and he is terrific. Like, I loved watching Bryce Young play at Alabama. I think in terms of the actual quarterback skills, he has the best skills of any of these guys in this draft, but it's hard to ignore his frame. And that size, I mean, what is he? 5'11, maybe a buck 85. He's very soaking wet. Yeah, he's, he's in, sinewy, he, right? He, yeah, he's a, he's a slender guy. And I don't know if that holds up. And maybe some teams could have some issues with that. There could be teams that say, hey, we just can't draft a quarterback that's under six feet tall and less than 200 pounds. Like that, that could be a, a thing, regardless how great he is as a quarterback. So I think because he's a physical outlier, I would not be laying anything that has a minus price next to it with Bryce Young.
1: Well, Femi, to your point, and Josh as well, let's go ahead and throw up the BetMGM NFL Draft Insights on the first pick. I mean, you just mentioned Will Levis, and you got involved. Well, how about this? Highest ticket percentage over at BetMGM as far as number one overall pick on Levis, highest handle. On Levis as well. I'm with you, Femi. A just disastrous pick. If if Levis goes <laughs> yeah. one overall, I, I don't have eyeballs. <laughs> and I've never watched the sport of football. The regression last year was real. Yeah. His inability to throw the deep ball is real. And again, tremendous attitude. If you're going to go raw skills, there's the biggest liability all the way to the mm-hmm. right is Anthony Richardson. These quarterbacks don't even come close to what Anthony Richardson is as a raw, just absolute Just person and a football player as far as skills. To me, if you're drafting based on skills, you go Richardson,
4: Femi over Levis. I 100% agree with you, and that was the second bet that I made in this market. I out here in Las Vegas, our friends at the Westgate, they had 200 to one. On Anthony Richardson to be the number one overall pick. And I was like, all right, this is way too big of a price for a guy who has an otherworldly physical skill set. Like, this is like Josh Allen meets Another Cam player. Newton. It's unreal what he can do with his athleticism and his throwing ability and how far he can throw the football and the velocity in which he can throw the football. So, 200 to 1, I have in my pocket. Now, is he gonna go number one overall? probably not but I figured that it would be smart to grab a, p- a position because the s- more and more we go through this process I think there's going to be some scouts and some coaches that get enamored with what Anthony Richardson can do as a playmaker and there's going to be some teams who talk themselves in thinking hey we can develop him and put him in our system in our program and we could get maybe the second or third best quarterback in the entire league three four or five years down the road so Richardson to me would be a guy that I would be intrigued with if I was a team I'd take the risk on Anthony Richardson because the upside is just unbelievably high. So at 200 to 1, I thought, hey, why not? Let's take a flyer and see what happens here. So uh, I think there's a lot to be made of this market because all the quarterbacks are uh, near the top of the board here. But Richardson and and Will Levis are the guys that I've decided to kind of hitch my wagon to so far. Now, maybe we hear more about Young throughout the combine, which is coming up next week, and teams are just so high on Young and don't care about his size. And at that point, we can do something else with Bryce Young. But right now, I'm going to take a shot at him and, uh, and try to fade him in this market. Hey, Josh.
1: You want, a, you want a soccer winner on the way out? I know oh, Femi is big Absolutely. into the English Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Let's go Serie A. So All I right. talked about being a network handicapper. I got a kid in Michigan for years. He sends me a Microsoft Word spreadsheet every single morning on European <laughs> soccer. He's an IT kid, total nerd. His numbers are awesome. He had today Torino at Cremonese. Okay, Torino's hosting Cremonese. Cremonese is 20 in the table, the worst team in Serie A. He had this game priced at $1. sixty-five. Torino should be a $1.65 favorite. I woke up. It was $1.40. I fired. You now have to lay $1.50. I'm not Ooh. saying I moved the markets. However, <laughs> if you're willing to lay a little bit of a price, Torino minus 150, Josh Applebaum, hosting the worst team in Serie A. Your thoughts? I love it, Patrick. And I would just say the whole
2: show, if we're going full circle here, we've talked about different betting styles. Number one, this is a source play. Number two, we talked about wise guys setting their own numbers and comparing them to what the books have. So, right off the bat, his numbers say it should be minus one sixty. It's a minus one forty. Boom! You hit it. You're getting some closing line value. My only problem, Patrick, when I try to tell you on these soccer picks, <laughs> I open up my app and I can't even find the tab <laughs> of the correct league of where to bet it. So it'll probably win and then I'll screw up and like bet the wrong team or bet the wrong the lo- wrong league. I just as I soccer, I'm not a big. So- I I just don't know where even how, where to find the right tab, Patrick.
1: I'll make it simple. I'll make it simple. This is Michael Lombardi's show. He constantly talks about Godfather and The Sopranos. Italian league.
4: Syria and the team is Torino Femi your thoughts uh, if we go out <laughs> to the old country to find some winners then, then maybe we could do this thing but uh, I don't really watch much Syria uh, I'm plugged into the Premier League who do you think is going to win the, the Premier League you think Arsenal hangs on to this or is City going to come and, and catch them no no no, no no
1: no City will hunt you think, them down yeah, you think City's hunt and them you down? saw when they went head yeah. to head difference in class <laughs> yeah. I think Josh
4: yeah. it was a pleasure to work with
1: you my friend the two podcasts every single day morning and afternoon over at vsun.com thank you
2: Patrick, always a pleasure. Femi, great to be with you. And Patrick, Rexum, it's on Netflix. Pretty cool show with, with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, maybe that's a little get me into soccer a little more.
1: Well done. And Femi, thank you for stopping by. GM Shuffle, V host, Femi Abebafe. Until next time, it's V the Sports Betty Network.